in the toy section than the kid who hangs the fingers from the pegs. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but after last week, who knows? But I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, I think it's going to get a lot less weak. We got a ton of catch-up movie talk. We're going to have an at-the-movie uh, at special. We're going to... Doctor Strange is going to come up. All sorts of fun things. We're going to talk about what happened last week and what some of the uh, some of the consequences might be for that that exciting adventure we had in space so uh, I don't know without further ado this is me I see robots Toys R Us report episode number 101 on the way here we go you are listening to the Toys R Us report welcome to the future future is now and you are living in it this is me i see robots and we are back uh we are presently on the earth base the commodore came through and he he you know he sent a security team he didn't come through himself and they uh they did a sweep of the base they're doing some some sort of like upgrades to our defensive systems i don't know after after that lightning strike rescue op we went through last week in which we found out that our you know our gal engineer emily was actually a child soldier of sorts. She was taken by something called the Corinthian Army. I'm still, still not too in the know what that is. I guess they are some giant force and they rule a lot of known space. They, this is what Emily told me after. She said that the Corinthian Army runs things and they don't come, they don't come our way yet because we aren't developed to the point where they have any use for us. So they're going to let us, I guess is what they do. Like they seed you and they let you grow to the point where you might have stuff they want. And then they take you over. She says that it's like, this is known throughout the universe. And this is what I would imagine. I bet you the higher ups on earth know about this kind of stuff. They just, they don't let us know. So I, I, I'm letting you know, (laughs) I am letting you know that someday in the future, an evil, uh, Army is going to take over the universe. At any rate, we encountered them, and, well, I, I don't know, you know, we, we were lucky to escape with our lives, so the Commodore sent some dudes up just to, you know, just tighten up our defenses, make sure everything's all right. He, you know, he sent, he gave us the week off, and it's the holidays, so it's nice. I'm actually recording this right before Thanksgiving, so, you know, he was nice enough to give us that time off, but when I asked the dude, I said, hey, how about you station some security guys or like fighter ships or something like that. He he told me that he's he's proud of us and that he he's like I don't want you not to reach the levels that you could reach when you face the stresses that you stress. And I'm like I don't even know what that means. I I took it to mean that he appreciates how we've risen to the occasion a few times and I Maybe it provides him some <laughs> some entertainment because I know he he's always monitoring our channels. It's weird. The Commodore is 
the 95-year-old head of Pooptronics Media. He He's actually been on the show once. He called in after the last pirate attack and gave us a big bow wow. But I, you know, I have to talk to the guy for work all the time. You know, um, our uh, base being a Pooptronics cellular uh, tower and whatnot. But he has... He actually took Engineer Emily and she she's being debriefed right now as we speak somewhere uh somewhere in a secure location. So next week we're gonna get back up there and hopefully well not even hopefully, we'll have them on the show. We'll have Emily and we'll have Iceberg and we'll uh we'll talk a bit about what happened, but you know, as for now they didn't think the best place for us was up there. So Iceberg's off doing something. I don't know where he went actually. I I think he might be going to, uh, you know, NYC again, see if he can hook up with J5, but who knows, man, that, that dude Johnny Five's kind of a creep, and he always seems like he's always fronting on Iceberg, but that was quite a, quite a harrowing situation, I, you know, I felt lucky to, to make it out with our lives, I'm still a bit, still a bit shooken up over everything, but, um, you know, life will go on. We still have things to do up on the cell tower. And we still have things to do here at the TRURPT, a.k.a. the Toys R Support. We got things to do. There have been a lot of movies gone by since the last time we talked about movies. There's some big ones. So, without further ado, we're going to jump into the At The Movie uh, main event, as it were. All right, here we go. Take it away. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Our universe needs... Mr. Doctor. Mr. Doctor. It's strange. The powers. Yep. The gear. The cape. The clock of levitation. It likes you. Stop. Doctor Strange. Rated PG-13. Doctor Strange is the latest Marvel movie. It came out. It actually, it came out on uh, November 4th, which is my birthday. This was my birthday movie. Uh, it stars Benedict Cumber. Uh batch and it is presently at 181,627,937 snoogan dollars uh at the box office it was directed by scott erickson who you might know derrickson rather my apologies he did insidious the movie is sitting at 90 percent over on tomatoes i i like this movie i think dr strange is cool i i will admit i have read a few dr strange comics but i've never I've never really gotten too deep into the Doctor Strange, um, did I say Doctor Fate? I think I did. I meant Doctor Strange. I've never gotten too deep into the Doctor Strange mythos. He's cool, but I'm not a big, uh, magic fan. My magic interest goes, you know, into, I, I like David Blaine. I don't like, um, like magical, mystical Harry Potter type stories, but I did enjoy this movie because Doctor Strange is full of like, top-level actors. You got Benedict Cumber Cumberbatch. You got uh, Tilda Swinton. You got Rachel McAdams. You got Chiwetel Ejiofor. I forget the fella's name. I don't know if I'm getting it right. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Chiwetel Ejiofor. 
Chuwatel Edgy04. I don't know if that's it, but we're going to go ahead with that. He plays Baron Mordo. He is terrific in it. It also has uh, Mads Mikkelsen from Hannibal, the TV show Hannibal. He's in it, and he's really great. It's a well-put-together, a well-thought-out, just well-acted movie. It's good, but it is another one of those Marvel movies where they just tell the origin of a dude, and then he has a battle. And I understand you do have to do the origin if it's a new guy. And they did do it as short a time as possible. They really moved quickly through the origin story, and I appreciate that, but... This was just another one of those Marvel movies, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing if, you, if you're if you into that. It's cool, but I like it when they kind of, you know, they're into the story. I like Act 2 of the uh, tale, not Act 1 as much. We've seen Act 1 a million times, but we've only seen Act 2 a few times. So, let's see. Doctor Strange is, he's kind of a brash surgeon type, and then he gets wounded loses his ability to practice his craft, and he turns to anything he can to help himself. And one of these things is magic, and through that he, you know, he regains his abilities and he expands upon his abilities even more. He becomes uh, a top-flight medical sort. It makes sense. He, you know, he's very intelligent, obviously. He's a doctor, an excellent doctor, a top surgeon. So, you know, that, that would show that he's good at studying things, he's good at the details, and in this, magic is a lot of hard work, a lot of studying, you have to learn spells, you have to master things, and he's a good, he, he's good at that. So, he quickly becomes, uh, not quite the Sorcerer Supreme, but almost there, and he uses these abilities to fight off a uh, threat to the Earth through the mystical realm. That's basically it. There is... A lot of neat psychedelic imagery. If that's your thing, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of weird magical spells, a weird this and that. And, you know, I liked it. I left liking it. But I will admit, having liked it, I haven't thought about it twice since I left the theater. It came out like three weeks ago, and I, I, I haven't thought about it twice since. And in that sense, it's just it's just average, you know. It's well put together. Well-crafted, well-acted, a lot of... You know, you get a great performance out of Tilda Swinton, who is always fantastic, and she delivers, once again, as the Ancient One. Um, and you get all this. You get just everything. But it's not incredibly satisfying. It's fine. It's great. But, you know... Uh, I'm going to go ahead on the source meter. I'm going to rate it, I think, 3.5 mics, which is fine. It's not a classic... But, uh, you know, you will enjoy it if you go check it out. I think this is one you might want to see in the theater if you haven't already. You know, you might have a dope system at home, but nothing's going to compare to seeing it on the big screen. It's a big screen type of movie. A lot of cool stuff going on. All right. 3.5 mics on the source meter. Let me out. Hold on. I got to find this tape here. Uh, Got the trailer all, you know, the studio sends me these VHS trailers. Okay, so I got to pop it in here, and let's move into the next segment. You're at the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations. Priority one. What do they want? Where are they from? Dr. Banks? 
That's a proper introduction. Critics everywhere are praising Arrival. Time Magazine raves it's big, grand, and wondrous. They're not our enemy. It's a masterpiece you won't stop talking about. And now it's 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I need to go back in. What is she doing? You trust me. Arrival. Rated PG-13. I keep a list of the movies I've seen during the course of the year right here on the Earth Station wall uh, on my desk. I write the name of the movie down, how many mics I gave it, and the date that I saw the movie. And if the movie is super fantastic, I uh, I highlight it so that I can remember it when I, you know, it comes awards times. And, and so far this year, I only have a couple movies highlighted. I have Green Room which is great. That movie is playing on uh, Amazon, if you have the Amazon Unlimited video or whatever it's called. Green Room is on there now, so you can see that. Get yourself a password. The other one is Sing Street. I saw that. Loved it. Loved it! Best movie I've seen this year. And that is right now on Netflix. So if you got Netflix, go check it out. You will love it. And I have added a third movie, and that movie is... The Arrival. The Arrival uh, stars Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. It is the story of a linguist who is brought in by the government to help us communicate with aliens who have come down and, as so far, are acting peacefully and, you know, they have to break through the language barrier. It is a terrific movie. I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh... It was directed by Dennis Villanueva, who did Sicario. Saw that. Uh, it's a Mexican drug cartel movie with Emily Blunt. I thought that was really great, too. This movie is terrific. It is well acted. It is... It's just... It's really neat science fiction. It's the kind of science fiction I really enjoy in that it is about... At least, to some degree, about real-type science. I realize that, you know, aliens haven't visited us yet, but I enjoyed the real-life take of the movie. They, you know, they're playing it to where this is what might really happen if all of a sudden there were alien ships floating above us. These aliens, they they visit, I believe, 12 different locations around the Earth, and they have, their ships are like, uh, I would say it's like an almond shape, and they're just floating in space. They're not harming anyone. They're just floating there, but... A couple times a day, the bottom opens, and you can go inside, and they're there for a while. People are freaking out, and the whole time they're there, the, you know, the governments of the various countries have been sending people inside to try to communicate with the aliens, and there's no success on any level, and Amy Adams is a professor who is, you know, a top-flight linguist, and... You know, they're trying everything they can think of, so they ask her to come in, and she has success. She works with them, and she finds out, like, a written language, and that leads into other things. And the way they kind of break it down, this step, this step, this step, this step, communication. I I really enjoyed it. I thought the movie was... I thought it was great. I had a great time. Well... Alright, I don't, uh, you know, it wouldn't be a complete review unless I talked about the theater to some degree. We went to see this on Friday when it opened because I I wanted to see this bad. I was really into it. So we went on a Friday. Oftentimes we'll see movies on a Monday afternoon because I, I enjoy being in the theater by myself, I guess. So we do go on Mondays a lot, but I wanted to see this bad Friday night and it was playing in one of the th- smaller theaters. We have like a 12-screen te- 
deal downtown, and a few of them are gigantic, and a few of them are small, few are medium. We were in one of the more medium, maybe, sized ones, and it was jam-packed. Uh, let me give you a tip that I have. This is a tip that served me well. When you come into the theater, if it's the kind with only one opening, like one door leading in, you know, some will have one on each side, but if it's only one door, always go to the uh, the far side because people are less likely to walk all the way across before going up the stairs. Go all the way across so you have less of a chance to have people sitting next to you. Go all the way over there, and then when you go in, sit one or two seats, one preferably, away from the aisle. So that way... You can pull off like, oh, I'm holding this for a friend if somebody asks if they can sit there. And they're only going to ask to sit right directly next to you if the theater's packed. So you have a nice chance of giving yourself a buffer on that side and also, you know, a buffer uh, on the other side because people tend to not want to sit next to you. These are my tips. One off the aisle, far side. But we went down, we got our seats, and it it was packed. It was just like jam-packed. And this lady sat in front of us, which is fine. It's stadium seating. I don't really, you know, I don't mind. I do like to put my feet up near the other seat. It's, it's kind of, I mean, I'm not a tall dude, but it is a bit, a bit confining in there. And I do like to stretch my legs out. I don't put them up on the seat. I think that's rude, but I do like to stick them, you know, out toward the seat. And when somebody sits in front of me, I can't do it, but it's fine. They have every right to sit there, but she had an interesting hairstyle. You know how like a ladies will tie like a bun on their head, but it wasn't so much a bun as it was a tube And it was maybe like the length of a paper towel tube. It was interesting and it was going straight up and it did go into the screen. But once again, you have the right to wear your hair however you like and that's all all good in the hood. But she was wearing a lot of perfume and it was, I don't even, I'm not even like the type to care about this stuff. But this one, she was wearing some incredibly heavy perfume and every inhale, it was like this alcoholic scent going up my nose so I had to do something weird I ripped up a piece of paper towel and stuck them in each nostril which is weird you might think it's odd but it saved me from having to smell that the whole time I don't know man sometimes inhaling perfume for too long will give you a headache it's just like you're inhaling these alcohol fumes or whatever for too long and I I could see how that might happen and I'm just like I want to enjoy this movie so up they went I probably could have Like, put a a small piece of popcorn in there. And then I could have smelled the butter the whole time. But, man, it was, uh... It was a powerful scent. And then, we know, we were in the lobby. The movie is very thought-provoking. And we were in the lobby afterwards, you know, chit-chatting. A lot of the people in the movie, you know, were sitting there chit-chatting amongst themselves. Trying to hash out what happened. I saw her. The lady with the hair and the perfume. And she had... A crazy face. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. She had the face of a crazy person. Her eyes were bugging out. They were like spinning around in her head. And uh, yeah, man, that was weird. But the movie is just, it's awesome. It's dynamite. Go see it right now. This is one you can, if you want, see when it comes home. It's not like a big screen movie, even though there are some real neat shots of the aliens, real neat shots of the, the uh, ship. This is more a movie for your mind than a movie for your eyes. It's great, though. You will definitely enjoy it. I'm giving The Arrival, like, four mics. I think it is possible they might be talking about this one come awards time. Probably not. It's probably, like, right under that level. But it's still terrific. You'll enjoy it. Arrival, uh, four mics. Check it out. 
at your earliest convenience. And now let's move into one more movie review. The third one, got the tape. Thought I had the tape queued up, I apologize. Here it is, pop it in and go. I'm sorry, Sergeant, I can't touch a gun. I think this is cowardice. Why do you still hit? You are free to run into battle without a weapon to protect yourself. You better come home to me. Fall back! Doss is still up there. Please, Lord. Help me get one more. You've done more than any other man could have done. Hacksaw Ridge. Rated R. In theaters November 4th. Hacksaw Ridge was directed by uh, Mel Gibson. I think that is the main calling card. Mel Gibson, while being controversial, is an amazing film director. The dude just... He's great at it. Say what you want, man. You got to separate the artist from the art. And the dude can really come through. The story of Hacksaw Ridge is a bio of Desmond Doss. Desmond Doss was a conscientious objector or a CEO. He was a pacifist, a Seventh-day Adventist who entered into World War II, but only under the, uh, the rule that he would never carry a weapon into combat. He was willing to be a medic. He knew that the war was the right thing to do, but he also knew that he couldn't take a life, but he was willing to save a life. So this is the story of him and the Battle of Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge was sort of the flip side of the Battle of Okinawa. It's a battle in the Pacific against the Japanese. The Japanese are... They have a fortress made out of a mountain, and they are in the mountain, and the island is important as a as a operation to launch planes. From here, you can hit Japan, you can hit a bunch of places, so the island is necessary. If you want to see another great movie about this, it's, uh, gosh, is it Letters from Okinawa? It's directed by uh, Clint Eastwood, and it stars Ken Watanabe, and it's the... This story, but shown through the Japanese perspective, it's really a fantastic movie, but this one is, it's sadly not as fantastic as it could be. It's pretty sentimental, and there are a lot of incredibly cornball scenes, which I was, you know, I wasn't happy about. I, I don't go for hokum. I do actually go for hokum, but... Only certain types of hokum. There's others I don't bite for. And this was of the variety in which I usually don't bite. It's kind of even weird how we came to see this movie because I wanted to see it at first when I saw the posters and I knew it was Mel Gibson. I said, well, that'll be cool. I really am looking forward to that. But then I saw some of the trailers and the previews and whatever. And it it just, it, it was so hokey. And I said, man, I, maybe I'll see that eventually, but I'm not, I'm not itching to see it. But... Then, for some odd reason, a couple of the people that the old wife works with went to see this movie, and, you know, ladies, like, ladies started to see this, and they started telling her how great it was, and she got it in her head that it was great, and I tried to tell her, you know, man, these plebes, these peasants, they wouldn't know a good movie if it bit them in the butt. This is definitely not a good movie, and... I could just tell by looking at it, but she really wanted to see it, so see it we did, and it turned out that it was, 
it was very hokey and I, I I understand that when you are showing the 40s or the 50s there is just a certain amount of the way you present things is going to be viewed as hokey to us today but golly oh molly there's a scene in it where Desmond Doss uh joins up initially and he's getting ready for basic training and he's you know he's, he goes in and he finds his bunk where he's gonna gonna be at and the people around him start introducing themselves and first off there's a guy with like a Brooklyn accent who's you know hey, yo I'm the Brooklyn guy and then there's like a California guy named Hollywood and then finally they look around the room and he's like oh yo you know you see that uh you see that cowpoke over there doing rope tricks? And the dude was literally doing rope tricks. Like, you know, cowboy stuff. Like uh, Gene Autry or Roy Rogers. That's uh, that's Tex. And, you know, it may have been that if you were from Texas and you signed up, you're going to be called Tex. And if you're from California, you're going to be called Hollywood. It may very well be the case. But I don't need to see this scene again. And I was almost laughing out loud when I saw the rope tricks. I couldn't believe it. I was just, you know, I, I, I was, I was flabbergasted. I wasn't really flabbergasted. I was more just, you know, in, in the giggles and I kind of, I elbowed the wife and I said, nah, 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 you know, told you so, this is hokey. And what's sad is the person that this is based on, Desmond Doss, is an amazing hero. During the Battle of Hacksaw Ridge, he was up there without a weapon and the, we, we suffered heavy casualties. We being the Americans, we suffered heavy casualties, and we were forced to retreat off the ridge, and Desmond Doss stayed behind by himself, and he single-handedly rescued 75 people. He was, he, they had to, you know, go down the side of a a cliff, like an, uh, an embankment on a rope to get up and down to the battle, and he stayed up there by himself, and under the cover of darkness, he pulled wounded people over to the ledge and lowered them down on a rope. He 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 rescued 75 people this way, all by himself. The man has amazing courage. He is courageous to the point that I, I cannot comprehend. It, it's an amazing story. The man is definitely deserved of a film, and... I wish it was a better one than this, but the movie served the purpose in that I did, you know, I hit up the internet because I was curious about who this guy was and I wanted to see some, uh, you know, how accurate the movie was. And I, I, you know, I discovered a lot of neat info about, about this person. His name is Desmond Doss. You should go and look him up and you will, you know, you you will have an interesting tale ahead of you. I actually, he has a book. I ordered his book on Amazon. It's coming. I'm, I'm very curious. I, I'm not an expert on World War II, even though I do find it interesting. You can tell I'm not an expert because just earlier I called the Battle of uh, Iwo Jima, the Battle of Okinawa, uh, when I don't even think there was such a thing. Maybe there was. I don't know. But this was the Battle of Iwo Jima. And the letter, the movie by Clint Eastwood was Letters from Iwo Jima. Go check that out. Much better movie on the same topic, but it is from the... uh, perspective of the Japanese and it's all subtitled and also black and white but let's take a look at the uh tomatoes the movie's currently sitting at 84 tomatoes that's pretty good I I I didn't hate the movie I would give it like uh you know I'd give it a moderate review we'll get to that in a second uh it's made 47 million which is good um let's see who else is in the movie the movie stars Andrew Lincoln, who you might know, Andrew Lincoln is not who it was. It's Andrew Garfield. Andrew Lincoln is Rick 
on The Walking Dead. I got The Walking Dead on my mind. I it just aired the other night. I'm, I'm finding this whole season to be very, very disturbing and upsetting. I got it on my mind. It's uh, Andrew Garfield, who you might know as Spider-Man from the, the you know, the Spider-Man movies. The ones came after uh, Tobey Maguire and before um, Tom Holland. I think that he was a good Spider-Man. I don't know why. Well, I know why. They, you know, they changed the whole thing and the movies reverted to Marvel properties, but... I thought he was good as Spider-Man, and I would not have minded seeing more. And he is not bad in this movie of Desmond Doss. Uh, Sam Worthington from Avatar is in it. Vince Vaughn is the drill sergeant, and he's actually very good in the role. He's quite a treat in this. It's, it's not a bad movie. It's, you know, well-made. It's just so hokey. Somebody who did something as amazing and courageous as this just deserves a better movie, in my opinion. That's just me, though, but... You know, they seem to like it to the old wife's work. So what can I say? An 84 Tomatoes is nothing to laugh at. I'm going to give it... On the source meter, maybe three, three mics or so? Three, three mics. mics. We're going to go three, three mics. mics. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. And, you know, there were actually a few other movies that I've seen recently that I haven't been able to review. So we're going to get through them in sort of a uh, lightning round fashion, I guess. Lightning round. Lightning round. This is the first movie we saw. By that, I mean the one we saw the longest time ago. It is Girl on a Train. It stars Emily Blunt. It is a lot like Gone Girl. Uh, Emily Blunt blacks out. She drinks a lot. She doesn't know whether or not she committed a murder. There is a twist. There's a lot of flashbacks. It's okay. It's not the best movie I've ever seen. Gone Girl is a lot better, but it's all right. It's probably worth a rental, especially if you like Emily Blunt, who I happen to like quite a bit. So I didn't, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it when I saw it, but once it was over, I never thought of it again. The second movie was Inferno, the latest Dan Brown movie. Uh, Dan Brown is the guy who wrote, golly, what was the name of that movie? I got to think of it while we are doing Lightning Round. He wrote Angels and Demons. What was the one before that? I forget. We got to get through this Lightning Round style. We don't got time for research. The movie stars Tom Hanks and the girl who's going to be Jen Erso in Rogue One. Felicity Jones. For some reason, I can never remember her name. I don't know why that is. Hopefully after uh, Rogue One, I'll be able to... Oh, Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code. That was it. The name of the movie was Da Vinci Code. Bam! Yeah, a winner is me. So this movie was called Inferno. It's the latest. Dan Brown, it stars Felicity Jones, Tom Hanks, and this was not the best movie in the world. It's a lot like National Treasure with Nicolas Cage, but National Treasure is a lot of fun, and this movie was not fun. It wasn't cool. There wasn't a lot of cool mystery to it. It was just sort of weird. Felicity Jones had a weird haircut. Tom Hanks is cool as always. It had Ben Foster in, like, a completely wasted role. Ben Foster's great. We know him from Hell or High Water. He was Angel in the X-Men. Dude's great. They didn't get a lot out of him. They don't get a lot of, out of Hanks. Just, uh, not a good movie at all. I, I don't know, man. If you, if you liked the first two, if you liked Da Vinci Code, and you liked the other one, then maybe you want to see this one, too. But you probably don't go see, uh this maybe see National Treasure instead. You know, I really like those movies. Lightning Round, sorry. Uh, the last movie I saw was something we rented over at Joe Video, my favorite video spot. 
It was called Bone Tomahawk. It's a Western. It stars Kurt Russell and Patrick Wilson. It's the story of, of some cowpokes who were on the, uh, on a lightning strike rescue op, much like myself, to rescue Patrick Wilson's wife from some cannibals in the American West. It's cool. It's violent. Uh, there is one of the most gory, violent scenes I've ever seen during the course of the movie, but don't let that keep you away. It's a lot of fun, but it is kind of a dry Western. Um, I don't know where it's playing except on DVD, probably on demand. You might want to check it out. Bone Tomahawk, end of lightning round. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report. All right, we are back. Allow myself to introduce myself. It is me, Icy Robots, and we have Titanic News, the... The IC Robots Radio Network will be adding an all-new show. This show will go by the name of... Get ready for this. It is the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega Podcast, and it is starring my good close friend of just about, like, I mean, like, 20 years. Mr. Sensational himself, Gino Vega. He's my he's my homeboy from way back in the day. He is a charter member of the Broomtang Clan. That is my Usher gang from back in the days of United Artists Cinema 6. Over on 3rd Street, which is now the $3 theater. But anyway, my man, I asked him. He did a show back in the day, and I asked him if he was willing to bring this show back. And he was. He was, in fact, willing, and he is now able to bring that to us on the IC Robots Radio Network. That show will be debuting. Let's take a look. Let's take a look here at the calendar. Uh, So, today is the 30th of November. That the show is being dropped. So it will be on uh, December 2nd. It's going to be two days from now on Friday, December the 2nd. It's a cool show. I've had a chance to hear the whole thing. I thought it was fantastic. My dude talks a lot about the old days. Much like uh, people in this genre are want to do. He talks about the old days. He talks about growing up, playing with toys. Just just everything. It's, uh, it's about his life. It's about the life of Mr. Sensational and... It's really worth checking out. I, you know, I've, I've had the chance to hear the entire first episode and I thought it was great. And I would, I would continue to listen even if he wasn't my good pal. So I recommend you do so. It will be available here on the IC Robots radio feed. You don't got to do nothing. It's just going to be right there Friday in your podcatcher or wherever you find this show. I'm curious about that. I am curious about how you guys listen to the show. If you ever want to hit me up, I, I would love to know. It's a... Uh, at IC Robots over on Twitter. That's I-S-E-E Robots. Or even better, Facebook.com backslash IC Robots. I do a lot more posting over there. If you want to hop on over, you know, give us a big thumbs up. Give us a like. Give us a follow. And let me know how you listen. I'm curious. Do you iTunes, Stitcher? Do you just directly download? I myself, I use a phone program called Beyond Pod. When I listen to pods, you know, I can download them, I can stream them, it's okay, it's my thing, I've been with it for a while beyond pod, but let me know how you do that, and more importantly, make sure to check back in a couple days for the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast, that is sure to be great, I mean it, it's, it's a lot of fun, it's a cool show, I've heard it, if you like this, you will definitely enjoy that as well, give it a shot, you have nothing to lose but time, and you have so much 
so much to gain. Let's see what's going on. You know what the big thing going on that I haven't really had a chance to talk about is uh, this whole thing with the reaction figures and Funko and Super 7. I, I'm not going to claim that I am an expert in the toy industry because I am not that by any means, but something happened and Funko will no longer be producing uh, reaction figures and they will instead go back to what I understand is the original creators, a company called Super 7. Super 7 has a store in San Francisco that I've been to a few times, and it's pretty cool. They're, you know, kind of a, I don't want to say it, but they are sort of a hipster toy company, I think, which is fine because I think when I buy toys, they're hipster toys. Reaction figures are kind of hipster toys, but doesn't mean they're any less cool because they're really fun, but... What I do know about this is that they, okay, they recently released Golden Girls and something else, and they have E.T. coming out, and after E.T., that will be the last of reactions on Funko, and I guess that means we're not going to see some of the ones we thought were going to be coming out, like the A-Team, and just, oh, that's a bummer, man. I, I'm not happy about this at all, and I can say, as far as I can recall... I've never seen a Super 7 toy over at Toys R Us. So I, who knows if they're going to continue to carry reactions any further. And that's, that's a bit of a bummer because they're one of the few toys that I really, uh, I'm really comfortable spending money on. Like I think that they're worth, you know, the $8.99 or $9.99 or whatever they are. They're fun. And they had a fun bunch of licenses coming up in the future. So let's hope that they can, you know, let's hope it just, it stays cool, man. Let's hope it stays good. But, uh, sadly, I don't, um, I don't have my hopes up. What else is, uh, is a popping off? The DCW universe over at the CW is in full effect. They have a show. It's like every single day. I, I'm having a hard time keeping up. You got, um, you got Supergirl on Monday, Flash on Tuesday, Arrow on Wednesday, and... Legends of Tomorrow on Thursday. That's that's like a superhero show a day, and I'm not complaining because this is an amazing time. We will never see anything like this again. It's it's fantastic, but it's hard to keep up. But there is some cool stuff going on right now. Um, Arrow has introduced Vigilante, the 80s comic character Vigilante with the all-black outfit and the red goggles. This guy was another one of those 80s DC characters that were kind of... They're kind of trying to turn up the grit. You know, they're trying to up the grit factor. And he he was cool. He was kind of popular for a minute. And I never I never thought I'd see him on TV, so it's kind of cool. And he looks cool as well. The outfit is a sort of a decent modern version of what he appears like in the comics. He his bodysuit has kind of changed more, you know, more toward like a tactical suit with pockets and, you know, bandoliers and whatever. But his his helmet the basic design is very similar to what you see in the comic. I plan on doing a uh, who's who in the DC universe on him. I'm thinking maybe the week after next. I think next week we're going to do a uh, Tales from the Dig. There's been a lot of weirdness going on over there. They they changed the pricing structure and people are up in arms. Just there's been all kinds of weirdness over there. So I'm going to do that, I think next week, and then maybe the week after that, we'll take a look at Vigilante. I'm trying to go through all the members of Team Arrow. So far, we've knocked out, we've knocked out Ragman, and we've knocked out Wild Dog. Eventually, we'll get to Artemis, who, who I think, 
she made her debut on uh, Young Justice, the cartoon Young Justice, which I have watched a couple episodes, but it didn't seem to grab me as much as it does some people. Some people seem like they're really, really into it, into it to the point that it was watched enough on Netflix that Netflix decided to bring it back for a new season, which is cool. I dig that. Uh, maybe in the future I'll get into it. It's nice to have something out there that I, I, I can watch. Um, but as far as I know, she made her debut on that cartoon. So I don't know how much of a backstory she has. I know for sure she's not in the in the who's who's. So I would, you know, I'd have to do some outside research. I'm not into that. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty lazy. I just like to get on here and jibba-jab. I don't want to have to spend time writing reports. If it's not all in one place, I'm just kind of it. That's just me, man. I'm sorry. You guys deserve better. You guys deserve better than that, but unfortunately, I don't I don't know if you're going to I don't know if you're going to get it from me, but you should look for it somewhere. Uh <laughs> at any rate, I'm going to get out of here next week. Hopefully, we'll be back on the station and hopefully we'll uh we'll get to talk to Emily and Iceberg about what happened and maybe we can I don't know, just work some feelings out. Who knows? I know not, but Anywho, this is me, I See Robots, signing off for the Toys R Us report, episode number 101. We broke the century mark, but uh, that's good news, I guess. So, if you don't know, now you know. This has been an I See Robots radio production. I See Robots radio is a listener-supported indie If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.